Rowing Chat Podcast Network. Please tell your rowing friends about the show. And if you've learned just one helpful thing from today's episode, please consider supporting the show for as little as $1 per month by visiting FasterMastersRowing.com forward slash podcast. And welcome to another episode of Faster Masters Rowing Radio with me, Rebecca Caro, and I'm joined as ever by Marlene Royal. Hello, Rebecca, and hello to our Faster Masters Rowing audience. Today, we're talking about whether exercising with weights can make you live longer. We found an online article in which the uh, authors claimed that it had been proven that to be linked to a lower risk of early death. Now, the article was in the newspaper, The Guardian, which I will share, but it actually linked to a British Journal of Sports Medicine study. And the study was done with a very large group, 99,713 adults, who they studied from 2006 for uh, the following 10 years. And what they found was that people who did weightlifting was associated with a 9% lower risk of all-cause mortality. So basically, fewer people died in the group that did weightlifting than the group that did not. They had a 32% um, lower all-cause mortality risk. So weightlifting one to two times a week meant they had a 41% lower risk compared with adults doing no aerobic training or weightlifting. What does this mean from your point of view, Marlene, as an exercise specialist? Well, it means that, you know, we're going to stay healthier longer if we include strength training in our regime. Um, what I thought was what was interesting here was they, in the article, it says um, the participants who had an average age of 71 gave information on their weightlifting activity and any other exercise that they took part in. And around 23% reported weightlifting activity and 16% reported weightlifting at least one to six times. And then they found that, you know, almost a third were sufficiently active um, along with their aerobic guidelines as well. So these were, were definitely um, active people. And, you know, though, and the article goes on and it tells us that, you know, those who took part in regular weightlifting were found at 14% lower risk of death than those who met the aerobic activity levels had 32% risk of lower premature death. So, you know, being focused on not only your aerobic endurance, but your strength, you know, obviously had a, had a big impact, you know, and they, they kind of, they said this, this folk, the study focused only on weights, but there were other types of muscle strengthening exercises included such as push-ups, squats, Pilates, jumps, and burpees. Now, burpees are like the, those squat leap jumps. There's many names for them in rowing. They're really yeah. hard. They are really hard, but you can do them with no equipment and in very little space. Um, so they have a, a place in your holiday exercise regime. Um, but, you know, the conclusion was here, I'm quoting from the article, our finding that mortality risk appears to be the lowest for 
those who participate in both types of exercise provides a strong support for current recommendations to engage in both aerobic and muscle strengthening activities. The authors wrote, older adults would probably benefit from adding weightlifting exercises to their physical activity routines. And, yeah. you know, I think at, for, for our athlete population, they're already, you know, our audience is, is already pretty active, but I think it just drives home the point that staying strong is also going to keep you much more independent. And, you know, if we're looking at longevity, um, it, it isn't only how long you live, but how long do you have good quality of life? And I think, I think yeah. that becomes a, a very big issue because oftentimes weakness is, is a cause of falling, which can be a cause of breaking a hip or breaking a bone, a wrist. Um, and the older one gets, the more a broken bone, such as a hip, um, can can really traumatize the body and, and really trigger trigger a, a whole cascade of um, unpleasant bad bad events. Because because you know whenever whenever there's kind of trauma to a body, when when a person is is older, it, it reacts with the nervous system. It can then affect how organs function and it can create a, a declining cascade just from something as a fall. Um, so, you know, being stronger is going to keep you independent. It's going to keep you rowing. Certainly your rowing is going to be better, but also just thinking in terms of your activity of daily living. Um, th there are certain studies which are kind of interesting measuring how quickly can you walk across the street as a determinant oh. of longevity because once how how your pace of walking like once you cannot walk quickly enough to cross the street safely that that's you know it's a measure of decline and there there's some some mm. big studies out there um who look at such measures of you know how how quickly can you walk and if you can't walk qu quickly enough to cross the street in the allotted time you know, that, that starts to become a boundary of, um, mm. you know, a restriction of, of your independence of activities, right? It's something you have to, to contend with in daily life. Um, but I, I, we have this book that we really like. And this, this book, um, it's called Thinner This Year. And it's written by Jen Sachek, who is a rower. Um, she races in the head of the Charles and the senior master women's four uh, for Cambridge Boat Club. And she is a PhD in nutrition and she, she specializes in muscle nutrition. So she's a co-author along with Chris Crowley, who is a master's scholar. And he is now in his 80s and in fact has raced in the head of the Charles being over 80. But Thinner This Year is, is really a, life, a lifestyle book. Um, about, you know, cleaning up your diet, living a healthy lifestyle, longevity, but it's written in a really tongue in cheek manner with terrific advice. So Chris is receiving the program and Jen is, as the nutritionist is giving him the program. Um, but the reason I, I bring this book up in context of our study here about strength training, um, lowering the risk of premature death because in this book, 
Jen Sachek writes a chapter which is called Muscle as the Grand Negotiator of Body Sing Signals. And this is an excellent chapter to understand not just, you know, having muscle doesn't just burn more calories. Having muscle, healthy muscle tissue sends a tremendous amount of positive signals into your body. And so I'm just going to read this paragraph that's called Muscle Said Signals. Um, I won't go into the, the whole chapter, but it is quite an interesting chapter about how muscle tissue actually works in our body and how that ties in with um, the tide of aging and what you can do about it because there is hope. So in, in this paragraph, she writes, muscle biochemistry is one of my science loves and you go deep into muscle you learn that muscles are at the heart of a complex signaling network. They are integral with the brain and the signaling system. Muscle acts in response to signals from the brain, billions and even trillions of them. Every muscle cell, every fiber has its own wire from the brain. Muscles are therefore nothing without signals. No signal, no movement, no action, and the muscle shrivels up and dies it goes away. The stimulus must be constantly there to keep your muscles alive. On the flip side, mechanisms underlying muscle physiology also demonstrate that not only is muscle on the receiving side from the nerves, but it is on the sending side too. Muscle actually communicates through a variety of molecules with other organs. It is a complicated system that scientists are still trying to tease apart and understand, but the basics are clear. Muscle signaling does three great things. It sends signals to consume sugar and burn fat. We like that. And best of all, it sends signals that are anti-inflammatory. This is how exercise becomes so key to muscle and signal health, and that's a big deal. And then she goes on in this chapter to actually explain um, in layman's terms how, how it actually works. And it's really, you know, quite fascinating how she says muscle gulps up sugar, muscle reacts over insulin, Health, healthy muscle burns more fat, healthy muscle is anti-inflammatory. Um, so, you know, in terms of aging, muscle, healthy muscle tissue and... Um, general health, you know, anti-inflammatory, you know, to, is, is very cancer fighting. And, you know, so, so good muscle tissue is a big deal. So, you know, I think these two studies and this, this chapter in this book actually, you know, really support each other in that, you know, we know we need to do it. We're not all always good at doing it. So you have to find out, I think you have to come up with strategies that, that work for you because not, you know, People like there's all kinds of different strength training, right? So you have to find the type of strength training that that's doable for you. Do you need to go to a gym? Do you like to do it at home? Um, do you like to use kettlebells? Do you like to use body weight? Um, you know, strength strength training. Do you like to use TRX straps? I mean, strength training has lots and lots of potential activities, and I think finding one system that works for you is is really important because if you know if it if there's too much friction between you and your strength session you're not going to do it 
We'll talk a bit more about different strategies that work for you after a mention for our sponsor, which is the 50th San Diego Crew Classic Regatta. This is where spring starts in North America. And last week, we were very grateful to have Bobby Smith, the race director, on as our guest on the podcast. And she's announcing new races for Masters. They have a quads and an eights event and sponsored by Faster Masters Rowing a new event for intermediate masters. So new masters who have learned to row since the 1st of January, 2018. And we very much hope that the slots on those events will fill up and there'll be some excellent racing for men's and women's eights. You can find out more at their website, crewclassic.org. And the event is in April, 2023. Now, let's get back to exercising with weights and strategies that work for you. You had a long list there of things, Marlene. How many times a week should we be doing some form of weight loaded exercise? At least twice. At least twice. Why? Um, Well, in order to have adequate, if you have a good strength session, you want to have enough recovery between those two strength sessions to let your muscles heal and adapt because um, we get into shape in between training sessions, not during the training session. So if you've done a, a pretty good quality strength sessions, you know, you'll need a day or two to recover from that. And also if, if you're an active rower, you ha- we have to keep in mind that you're also doing rowing sessions within the same week. So um, hmm. Joe DeLeo, who was on our older athlete and aging webinar not long ago, um, one of the points he made was in your off season, you know, you might want to look at doing your strength training three times a week when it's your hmm. off season and you're not doing such such a high volume of of rowing on the water but when you're in your in season you know two times a week is enough to certainly to maintain what you have and and to make some gains because you as as competing rowers um or your on water season when you're simply rowing more we have to allow for the fact that you're going to put a little bit more concentration on your rowing on the water during your on-water season versus, say, your off-water season. Um, but I think, that, again, the if you can only do it once a week, and that's what's reality, do it once a week. But two, two is a really good um, session amount of sessions to aim for. Three, maybe when you're not rowing quite as much and you're doing a little bit more cross-training. But um, but you can also vary it, right? You can You can... Perhaps one day you do body weight Of course. Can I ask something controversial? So when we row, we are loading our bodies up 
by levering them against the oar against the water. Is that not weight training? No, um, because it, it well, it would it would fall into rowing. Uh, we can think of rowing as a, a strength endurance sport. So obviously you have to have some amount of power to move a boat well, but it's it's so repetitive over such a long period of time that if you compare that, if think of it this way, you're gonna compare the force applied in that stroke to your one rep maximum. So it's going to be a relatively low percentage compared to a one, like if you take your one rep leg press and you compare the power of one stroke in a race, it's, it's going to be a relatively low load compared to that one rep max. So mm. for strength training, that's especially for masters, it's why we talk about, you know, you, you need to, you need to really load up the muscles on land because what you're trying to do is to activate more muscle fibers to fire at the same time. And our slow twitch fibers are what we tend to lose. Those are those explosive fibers. That's what we tend to lose as we get older. So you need, you really need that overload of a higher stress, but lower reps to stimulate recruiting more muscle fiber units. Cause that's what you're trying to do is just, you know, if you've got a hundred muscle fibers in our normal life, even a good well-trained athlete maybe only uses 60% of them or 65. But when we do weight training, we, tr we, we're teaching the muscle to fire more motor units at the same time. So your muscle gets stronger because it's firing more motor units for a given contraction. And that that's what overloading the muscle does. So rowing plays, I mean, you're going to be stronger if you row than if you don't row. But in terms of sheer strength work, um, you know, you, you need to load the muscle up more. So... You can do weight training on the erg, though, by ramping up the resistance and doing maximal strokes. They're like do 20 strokes as hard as you can at a low rate and then take 20 strokes light. Does that count as weight training? 20 strokes is getting a little bit long. It counts as power. I would say it counts as power training. But if you oh. wanted to, to go more to the strength side of things i would say 10 seconds 15 seconds mm -hmm. so five strokes five mm -hmm. explosive five strokes explosive then if you had your five strokes explosive and you extended the time period of that then you mm -hmm. move into the power so so you need the you need the power and the quickness in combination but if it was a shorter quicker set it would be a little bit more strength oriented and you can guess, of course, there are going to be people who have ergs at home who can't get to the gym or don't want to get to the gym or don't want to take out a winter gym membership or buy weights to have at home. So this gives you an alternative, doesn't it? Well, and there are things that people have done. I, I don't do it myself, but I have seen people like put the front foot up on an incline, yeah. work on it that on way or the, the other way. Yeah. Or one way or the, one way or the other. Um for, for some, some increased resistance, but you can certainly increase the resistance 
um, just like you can with a bungee cord on your boat and you could do sets of eight strokes or sets of five yeah. strokes and then, and then rest your 90, 90 to minutes, you know, 90 seconds to say three minutes because you're using that ATP CP, that anaerobic system, you know, so that, that's, that's really good for a short burst of time. Um, so if you didn't have it and body weight, actually body weight, like if, if you don't have any, anything at home, do a one-legged squat. Okay. Mm. Cause that, that's going to load up one leg a lot more than if you're doing a two-legged squat. So that, that's something push-ups, one-armed push-ups um, can be. Quite you can difficult. dream. I was doing one-legged squats in the gym this morning. So basically sitting down onto a box or a chair, mm -hmm. yeah. with one leg, 10 on one leg, 10 on the other. But then we went to do push-ups, and trust me, there is no way on God's earth at the moment that I have the capability to do a one-legged, one-arm push-up. Two arms is just hard enough. Thank yeah, you. well, right. And, and if you're doing two, I mean, the important thing is to do them correctly. So, you know, elevate, you know, that's how you grade, grade a push-up. Yep. You know, you can start out with, you know, on, on a bar across a, you know, a hack squat rack, for example, put a bar up and then push up against it and as you get stronger lower it lower the bar mm. or do it against a box or something but the so that you can do 10 or 12 reps you know and the, the funniest uh funniest version but, of that the funniest version that i ever did was a christmas holiday weight exercise i forget which coach said it for us and we had to do pull-ups and push-ups and for the pull-ups if you didn't have a pull-up bar which most of us didn't he suggested lying under the kitchen table and pulling yourself up and i remember virtually tipping the whole table over oh, <laughs> right or you could put a bar across the chair and you could do sort of hold yourself in a plank position well this is one thing like trx straps or some other kind of suspension strap really great thing to have at home because you can do all these body weight exercises you can do one-legged squats you can do rows you know, horizontal mm -hmm. rows with your body weight, mm -hmm. and you can grade the activity based on um, how high or low your body weight is, right? So, mm -hmm. so the stronger you are, the more horizontal you can be. You can work lowering, like we pull up, but mm -hmm. lowering can be really killer. You know, lowering, mm -hmm. lowering is an eccentric contraction, and you can build up quite a bit of strength lowering your weight, and you can lower more weight than you can usually pull up. So, so one of our wags on Facebook has suggested that if he just did 15 minutes of weights a day, he'd eventually get older and older, to which someone <laughs> replied, yeah, when you're 200, all you do all day is weights. Right. <laughs> but I think the key here is, the key takeaway is find a source of strength training that you like to do. Um, if, if you have a home gym, Kettlebells are super great. Um, you don't need a whole lot of weight to do kettlebell activities really successfully. You know, you might need a, you know, a 12 kilo, 25 pound kettle weight kettlebell, and you can do really a lot of activities with that, you know, especially for legs and hinges and, um, you know, so that's one piece of equipment that you can do all kinds of exercises with. And, you know, you don't have to have a big huge gym or you know some dumbbells or something like that you know if you don't like going to a gym you like to do it at home you can be successful really 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 simply 
I actually think yes. we did a podcast way back in the beginning of COVID about setting up a home gym. We did. We actually had a little uh, giveaway with a, a um, an ebook on what what you could what you could use to set up your home gym. One of the things that I've seen recently is instead of having weighted you know weights like kettlebells, there are bags that you can get that have bean bags which have certain so they're much more they take up more space to store but you can like rest them across your shoulders you don't have mm -hmm. to hold the handle so they they you can manipulate them into sort of different shapes so like you could hold them as a underarm grip so you could hold them mm -hmm. in front of you and do squats um which i thought was kind of interesting as a, a variation on a theme yeah absolutely there 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 is a, a type of it's not the official like sport kettlebell, but there are kettlebells that you can buy that that come up that have like, you know, they're like weights one inside of each other. So you can you can hmm. you can nested. adjust the weight. You can take one weight yeah. out and put another weight in. So you can actually have a whole range in one kettlebell. You can have an adjustable weight. So that's another option, which is really good, especially for rowers. You know, you need to work your legs. Um, and mm. so for doing squats or doing deadlifts, um, that's a one legged squats or the airplane rows, you know, those, those are really good way to do that. And, um, that gives you a little bit more input compared to just body weight, but you can, you can get pretty tired with body weight as well. I have a feeling that there are some people we're never going to persuade that they need to do weights alongside their rowing. And as a coach, I just shrug my shoulders because, you know, you can lead a horse to water and all that. But one of the things that we do have in our Faster Masters programs are a weights circuit, which the vast majority of which does not require a gym uh, membership. You can do it with all of the devices and tools and techniques that Marlene and I have described today. And it's designed to be completed inside an hour. So you can do it quite time efficiently. Yeah, and I think that's an important point. Actually, strength training does not need a lot of time. You know, you can you easily within an hour and even less, you know, um, you can do quite a bit in 30 minutes. So um, it's just building it into your schedule in a way that works. And like like everything, you know, you make it a priority. And many people don't like to do it alone. And if and if that doesn't work for you, then maybe maybe you'd be better off going to a circuit class or going, you know, going to some type of a body pump class or something, you know, just anything is better than nothing. Um, but as we age, you know, the maintaining the muscle tissue is really, really critical. It certainly is. Now, before I forget, happy Thanksgiving to everybody who's listening in the United States. Uh, it is actually Thanksgiving now. And a quick reminder that over this holiday period, we have a Black Friday promotion. It is only available to people who are on our newsletter list. And you can get that at fastermastersrowing.com forward slash newsletter. And I will send out the link one more time on Monday uh, so that you have time to buy at a 40% discount anything on the Faster Masters shop. So till next time, bye-bye. We are part of the Rowing Chat Podcast Network. Please tell your rowing friends about the show. And if you've learned...
offer just one helpful thing from today's episode. Please consider supporting the show for as little as $1 per month by visiting FasterMastersRowing.com forward slash podcast.